Hey, you found us. It's our 350th episode of Spectacular. I'm Ben Glish with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And we're going to start positive because it's going to take a trip to negative town. It probably will. It probably will. But hey, first of all, 350 episodes, but also your first post-birthday. We are now Mm -hmm. both officially 36. So how about that? It's a milestone moment for us. I mean, look at us. Who would have thought? We've lived two adult lives now. Mm-hmm. So how about that? But yes, let's let's start on a happy note, or a somewhat happy note. So a report came out that Bobby Hurley was assured of his job security a month ago. Yeah. A month ago, the team wasn't playing that great. No, they were not. <laughs> but in the last month, it, it seems like he fi- like this is what I think he was expecting at the outset. Like, the defense has not waned, but the offense has come back. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it it, it just, it makes you, you know, when you realize how average the bubble is every year, not just this year. I'm not going to be that guy who says, this year the bubble's bad. It's always average. And it just makes you wish we could have, you know, treaded water a little bit better in the first couple of months and, and avoided the, you know, just horrible start. Because, yeah, we've played pretty good basketball the last month. Including against, the, the, including against bubble or better yeah, teams. And, and good teams. I mean, we beat UCLA. We we pushed USC to the limit. Oregon. Um, beat, beat Oregon. Beat Washington State. Beat Stanford. Or no, not, I'm sorry, not Stanford. We have Stanford this week. Um, you know, like, we've we've played some pretty good basketball. Um, we had the bad performance at Washington. Got, got beat soundly there. But really, the last, you know, what, we've won five out of six, right? Mm-hmm. With only the loss to UCLA, which we were competitive in that game on the road, um, and really, you know, go back month, month and a half, we've we've played pretty solid. At the, the trip to Tucson, we were we were in that game the whole time. They pulled away at the end. Um, but well, yeah, this I mean, goes. It, this comes back to a, a theme, right? Of you watch teams quit on coaches, and this team didn't. Yeah. And and this, I mean, maybe that's enough to say you keep Bobby Hurley. I mean, clearly it was enough yeah. before that. I, I think that that was a, hey, look, there's a lot of problems in the athletic office. We're not going <laughs> to. And, and I, yeah. you know, it wasn't a month ago, but when Crow and Ray Ray right. and Herm made all of their public statements and it's like, hey, you know what? Maybe let's not let this guy make a head coaching change in a right, top right, two exactly. sport. Exactly. True. True. You know. But and, I mean, but then again, Matt, right. we're not going to compete with anyone anyway because we're not. Well, gonna... yeah, we'll 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 get to that statement soon. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's just it's just a shame that we started so poorly because I mean, we're sitting here at twelve and sixteen right now with two winnable games to end the year. We'll see. But Cal and Stanford are great. We get them at home. Well, you almost you feel, feel like, like if if it had been flipped and we were sixteen and twelve. Right. We have a, a shot. Yeah. I mean, we probably would. I mean, you know, I don't know if we would make it, but yeah, that's what I was going to say. If we had, you know, three or four of those games flipped around early um, and just some really ugly performances. I mean, the, that the, Riverside you know, loss is terrible. Yes. Yes. You know, the, the 29 points at home against Washington State. Um, I mean, you know, just just pretty ugly stuff. Lost to San Francisco by one point. You know, look. It's, yeah, it's I mean, we low, lost to San late. Francisco and Riverside by one point each, or one basket right. each. Right, one bat. Yeah, I mean, and, and you flip those two around, and you got a chance to at least finish the season with a winning record. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the bad performance there in, in the Bahamas, which got worse by the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now granted, Loyola Chicago's a good team. Baylor's obviously a really good team. Syracuse is not. that. You know, that's not a good loss by any means. But they're not horrible. But just, uh, you know, just too many poor performances and, and a bad start to the conference season. But yeah, I mean, February, I believe we went six and four in that month and the losses were, you know, one to Arizona, one to USC, one to UCLA. Those are all very good teams, top 25 teams. Mm-hmm. So pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, as we've discussed, does it mean anything for the future? I don't know because you're going to change a lot of personnel again. Um, but we'll see. Maybe it does. Maybe we found some things. Maybe, maybe Hurley has found some things and, and you know, we'll, we'll see what, uh, next year brings i guess i did enjoy i don't know if you got a chance to look at it the uh kamani lawrence 50 teammates article i did by howard that's a good yeah. idea for an article and and well executed just give me one it sentence is. on every guy or one pair yeah it is it is yeah yeah and boy startling that he's had that many i mean i know he's been here a long time but that tells you and not just particular to asu i mean i bet you I bet you anywhere the guy been there for five years, he's probably had close to that many teammates mm-hmm. at a at a power conference school at least. Yeah, I mean there were names going through that list where I was like, oh, I remember that guy. Oh man, me too, me too. Like wow, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like going back through the old you know football rosters or something like that. And you're like, oh man, remember when we like we talked about that guy on a regular basis, and then you just kind of forget. Hmm. Um. But yeah, so. I, I, I want to take a moment to acknowledge, it hit me as we were saying, starting somewhat positive, and it's yes. markedly better than our other topics, in terms of my yeah. feelings. Uh, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess let's stay in college before we go to baseball, sure. which, stay tuned sure. for baseball, because that's just going to be <laughs> depression on, on record. I know, I know, um, yes. But ASU football, we're not going to compete with guys. We're, we're not I gonna mean, that, we're not gonna generate revenue for nil uh yeah that was the the unspoken message we're not gonna be in an arms race that was the word mm-hmm. and like if you're not gonna be in an arms race then you're gonna lose an arms race right right i mean you know like like uh, you know it's it's no different in a way than it than it's always been in the sense that like Yes, ASU has never had the facilities, the the funding for assistant coaches, all that stuff to compete with Alabama, Ohio State, Oregon. You know, I mean, it, they just don't. Um, there is a haves and have nots, but to just kind of like almost throw up your hands and say, you know, well, we're not going to do it, like then then what's the point? Drop down to FCS. Yeah, I and mean, I'm, I'm uh, tongue in cheek. I say that, but but at the same time, I was like, but Mountain this is West, the way it's going Mountain West. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're gonna, if you're in the Pac-12, you're one of. I mean, at least right now, there's 65 Power Five programs. That's half of of FBS. You know, your goal should be to win your conference and compete for national title. Everybody should have that goal. Mm-hmm. And to just kind of be like, you know, well, you know, Michael Crow says, you know, I don't like the way things are going. Well, tough luck, man. That's the way they're going. Uh, and, well, and, and you either just, adapt or die. Like, and, and so I'll, I'll pivot this because I'll tell you what my my first quasi optimistic thought was. Not optimistic, sure. but quasi optimistic. Okay. 
okay, you can't do it for 130 football players, 80 scholarship football players. Right. Can you do it for 14 guys in the basketball program? Well, yeah, true. Can we, can true. we pivot and just become a great basketball school? Right. Like, give me well, something, yeah. you know? I know, I know, yeah. I mean, you know, Crow's comments reeked of, of somebody who, and we've discussed this at the, in the past, somebody who doesn't really value sports, who, who hasn't in the past, who really has never been a sports guy, and and thinks like, you know, well, we could do it our way and it's going to work. Like, yeah. no, you, you probably can't. Well, um, and I'm, I'm stealing this point from Chris Cartman um, on the Sun Devil Source podcast, but he made the point that Crow's comments about, you know, we've cleaned up the bad actors and, and this, you know, yeah, it's a guy who's either yeah. out of touch or disingenuous. And you know what? I think the same can be said for the, well, we, we're not going to compete. You're either out of touch or you're disingenuous. Like, yeah, we're choosing yeah, not yeah. to compete. We're not, true. it's not That's that we true. can't. We're choosing yeah. not to. I mean, look, I, I know that college sports is not about big city markets. It's not, you know, it's not the NBA or Major League Baseball. Alabama's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and they got more money than they know what to do with. And, uh, you know, but but we are in a big city. And, and to just kind of be like, you know, well, you know, we're not going to do it. Like, I mean, there's, there's plenty of industry here. There's plenty of business here. Uh, and, and I don't know. I mean, it just like, no, that doesn't mean they're not going to allow guys to do it. Obviously no, they do but it they're not going to, you know, it's it, look I, like to your point, we're not going to be Oregon. There's not going to be just a pipeline right. where, Hey, you know, best defensive end in the country. You want an NFT right. deal with the Nike artist designing it. Right. Um, but, and I get it. I get it. You know, I mean, that's the way it is. And it's been that way. We've, you know, before the NIL was a reality, we talked about this, like, you know, you may let college athletes make money. It's not going to change the order of things. It's, it, you know, we already have haves and have nots. We're just going to continue to have them in different ways. Well, but just don't, I guess this is the thing. Like, you know, we talk about be honest, don't spit in my face, tell me it's raining. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to, embrace the fiction of Herm's doing a good job and why would we let a few bad apples spoil the whole bunch? Then give me the fiction that we're trying to win football games in in 2022. Right, Right, exactly. Well, and and we, you know, so the comments about, you know, we're not going to get in an arms race, those, those upset me more, but we should probably discuss the absurdity of, of them basically absolving Herm Edwards of, of fault. They, Which, they, not not yeah. just Herm Edwards, everybody who's left. Right, right, yeah. I mean, and, it starts with Herm. And, and It does. And, and, and to almost do it in the sense of like, you know, well, he didn't know what was going on. It's like, well, but that's why you hired him, right? Well, he's I mean, the CEO supposed to oversee all of this. But also, yeah. to say he doesn't know what's going on, does he know fundamentally that there was a 14-month recruiting dead period? And of if, he does. And if so... Does he know that those kids he was meeting in the back hallway or at that yeah. rented house in Paradise Valley were recruits? I if know, so, I know. he knew. He knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean, it it begs a lot of, you know, imagination to believe that, you know, Herm just didn't know these rules were being broken. And, uh, like, I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't believe that. Secondly, if he didn't, that makes him incompetent. Yeah, I mean, I mean that uh, you you want to you know what this invites? Lack of institutional yeah, control. 
Right. Your right, head coach yeah. doesn't know the rule. The athletic yeah. director says he didn't do anything wrong when he, like, he met with recruits. There are right. pictures. I don't know. Right. Like, look, maybe, I, I, yeah, maybe I'm taking this too literally. And maybe this is just one of those things where you're a defense attorney. They've got, you know, on law and yeah. order, they've got all the evidence <laughs> in the world. You still got to say something. True. You know, True. so maybe True. that's what Michael Crow has done here. Is he's yeah, just maybe. said, hey, look. We're not firing him, so yeah. But yeah. but it seems weird to go out on a limb because hey, I'll tell you what shocks me about this: the thing you said before. Crow's not a sports guy. No, he he would never. I I would have thought stuck his neck out for the athletic department. So why not just burn down Ray Anderson with, with when they ask you about Herm Edwards? Say. You know, I have an athletic director who reports to right. me whose job it is to oversee the athletic program, including football. Uh, I would encourage you to direct your questions on this topic to him uh, because he's closer to it than me. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Now, one, I you agree. distance yourself from Ray Ray. And two, right. you you basically say, hey, look, I'm not going to put my reputation, whatever it is, in this fan base uh, on the line for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I agree. You know, we had the worst recruiting class we've had on the ever in the Pac-12 era, <laughs> on the heels right. of a really bad recruiting class where our best recruit left. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, all is not well. This is no, it's you not. Know, no, like, I agree. And and so yeah, so I mean, if so the, the answer is we just don't say... care, we don't want to pay his buyout, and we just don't yeah. care. Which, by the way, as an aside. I don't know how you don't have an ability to fire this guy for cause and not right. pay buy out, but I know, I know. You know yeah. But yeah. I, look, we're sticking with her. It's too yeah. late. It's too late in the game to not. It is. But I hope that unless we are three and zero, that he's fired before conference season. Let's just start the yeah. the, the uh. rebuild. I mean, I wouldn't expect that. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I get your rationale. Um, I look, I, be, I be USC. If the opportunity, yeah. you know, be a place that someone could land if they get disgruntled. Right, right. right. You get, you get a jump start. You know, theoretically, that's why you're seeing more of this because you can, you know, you get a jump start on the market and all that. But yeah, I, you know, so the interesting thing is you said that about, you know, well, Crow could have kind of, you know, sort of no comment at this is, if, if I'm not mistaken, Crow's interview was with 98.7 yeah, Arizona Sports. It was. Like, I mean, they, they put him out there. I You know, this wasn't like a press conference Crow did about other ASU developments and he got caught, you know, with his pants down about this athletic stuff. And he said, you know, he put his foot in his mouth. Like, no, they, they trotted him and Ray Anderson out there to answer these questions and say these things. And that is even more surprising to me is like, I mean, I know Arizona sports does this newsmakers week or whatever. And that, you know, but like, just say no, <laughs> you know, or, or just have Ray Anderson do it. Like he's mm -hmm. your athletic director. Okay. But Crow going on there is almost like, it's almost like they're going on the offensive, which I'm like, you don't really have much to go on the offensive with, doesn't mm -hmm. feel like. But maybe they think opposite. I, I mean, I guess maybe the idea, and we see this in politics all the time now, whichever, yeah. whatever your views, we see this in politics all the time. Yeah. Just be obstinate 
and just say, nope, yeah. it is this way. It, it yeah, you know, yeah. the sky is red, the ground is blue. Yeah, there was I mean, no that's interaction. How it comes yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, Ray Anderson says, you know, I'd encourage our fans not to rush to judgment. Well, you're the one who put these three coaches on administrative leave all year. You're the one who asked them to resign. You're the one who asked Zach Hill to resign. Like, yeah. who's who, rushing who, to judgment? Who ushered Antonio Pierce out the door? Right, right. And, and then you you're, know, and so. then also you're telling me, well, now all the bad apples are gone. But we know yeah. they aren't because we we know the head coach is still there. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just it it uh, like I said, it 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 asks you to take too many leaps of faith to think that he didn't know what was going on. Um, and, and yeah, and then it leads into like, you know, well, we're going to do things different. We're going to, you know, we, we can't get in an arms race. So what we're going to do is prepare guys for the NFL. Like, well, first of all, the, the schools that are in the arms race, they do that already. And better, you know, they do it. Yeah. I mean, Alabama and Ohio state and Clemson, there's a reason that those programs have, you know, guys drafted in the first couple days of the draft every year, because first of all, they get the best players. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they they make those best players better in three or four or five years, and mm-hmm. then they get drafted highly. Uh, you know, so I mean, like that's you know, that's not some sort of unique thing. Like you know what we're you know how we're really going to differentiate ourselves is we're going to get you ready for the NFL. Like, well, nobody else has thought of that. How about that? Yeah, I mean, we might as well just be trying to recruit based on the fact that we have a football program. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my. So my, you know, you said quasi-optimism. My only optimism in some ways is thinking like, well, these guys won't be around forever. Yeah. And, and maybe the next administration, whatever that is, will come in and think, hey, man, we got too much here to just kind of sit back and say, it can't." you know, to me, again, Ray Anderson's comments reminded me, and so did Crows a little bit, it reminded me of what we've always heard people say about the basketball program, which is like, well, you're ASU, you should just be content being average. It's like, no. No, I mean, I don't expect ASU to be Alabama. I don't. I don't expect ASU to be Duke basketball. But just to be content, like, well, you know, we're just going to kind of muddle, you know, muddle through and we'll be happy winning six games a year or, you know, 18 games a year and being on the bubble. Like, no, we should aim higher. Yeah. Well, couldn't we aim to be Iowa's athletic program? Right. Or something like that. You know? I mean, yeah. You know, again, I, there's, there's, plenty of football programs that I look around and think like I I've, I've said this in the past and I don't think it anymore that like, well, you know, if Clemson could do it, we can't, I, I don't think that Clemson put a lot of money and resources into becoming a great football program. And I don't, I don't see that that's in the future or at least the near future for ASU. But, you know, I look at, I look at Wisconsin, I look at, um, Iowa is a good one, you know, Virginia tech, Programs of that caliber that are, they're not elite blue chip level programs, but they get good talent. They know what they are and they're generally pretty good. And, and, you know, they compete for conference titles and sometimes get into major bowl games. And I, I think that should be a realistic expectation for ASU. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I, yeah, I did not like it. And, and, you know, we've been taken to task. Well, I say we, ASU has been taken to task by the media for those comments. And I mean, it, you know, I couldn't argue with it. You know, it's one of those things like I didn't, I didn't enjoy reading it, but I couldn't be like, Oh, you're way off base, man. 
No. Well, it, it you know, it seems like the whole plan is to treat us like we're idiots. Yeah, in a way. You know, I, to treat the <laughs> fan base and the public like we're idiots. And like what we saw didn't happen. It happened. Yeah. It, it happened. It and and the and, fact that and, it's uh, like we don't want to address it, it's like, okay, but let's not pretend it didn't happen. Right. Like, right. you know, the, re- the recruiting was bad. Full right, stop. Right. Like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. it's not yeah. just, it's not just the violations. It's not just that, you know, we, the arrows pointing down. It's not just that we lost our quarterback after basically yeah. the, you know, probably the third or second or third or fourth best quarterback on the transfer market did, right. according to his dad, want to come. And we said, no, yeah. thanks, but no thanks. Not interested. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's not just each of these things, but it's all yeah. of these things. It's all of them, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, look, the way to the, the way to cure the ills is, you know, to go out and have a surprising season next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, go go. Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to win at Oklahoma State, but but you know, who knows? Maybe um, and and you know, eight and four next year would be a monster success. We talked about how eight and four was disappointing this year, and it was. I mean, if you could go out and win eight games next year, I will happily say, boy, I, I whiffed on, you know, what this season could be and, and in her, my trust, maybe, I mean, I don't want to go crazy, but it, you know, like, Hey, he, he, he was on but it. In Paul Tyson, I trust. Yeah. You know, whoever it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I, I suppose that's, I mean, you know, like winning takes care of everything as they say, but I just, I don't see that we have the talent to do that. I, I I'd love to be wrong, but you know, I, like we don't have the depth of talent that we need to be. And that, you know, again, it all, it's all a circle. Recruiting's been poor player, you know, maintenance has been poor. We've lost some significant guys, uh, from last year's class and, and class before. I mean, what, I don't know. I can't remember the number, but the number of like four star plus guys that we got over the last couple of years and the number that are already gone. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where's the talent to make it really feel like you could do that? Yeah. And the craziest part is that's not even the worst news of the sports week. <laughs> no, I mean that's just we're just ruminating on the future. But uh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the news of the week was was different. So, well, also before we shift topics away from ASU. Yeah. On on a on a sad but sad not sad because she's gone happy that we knew her at all. Sure. CTT's career ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, yeah. twenty five years. Did I read that right? Yeah. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. And, and had some very good teams. Never never got to a Final Four, if I recall. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, got to the Elite Eight a couple times, but you know, it's women's basketball. Like, I mean, I. Yeah, if you if UConn and South Carolina are always two of the final four. Right, right, yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, if if we could have a men's basketball coach that got us to a couple of elite eights, Mm -hmm. uh, they'd be a legend forever as well. So, yeah, I mean, good good for her. Uh, You know, that'll be a be a different. I mean, you know, we don't. Well, I'm not going to say we. uh, You can you can agree with me if you want. Uh, I don't follow women's basketball program that closely. Um, uh, You know. I'd check but to see if was, we're ranked, but that's about sure. it. Sure. But it was always just something you kind of, like, you know, since we went to school here, and obviously before, 
he just like took it for granted that CTT was the women's basketball coach. And, you know, so it'll, it'll be weird. I know there was that one year that she took the leave of absence and I can't mm-hmm. even remember who the guy was that filled in, but you know, it was still her program. So it'll be odd to think like, wow, that's not the case anymore. I wonder if they, did they say who's going to replace her? I didn't see that. I don't think so. Not that I saw at least. I wonder no, if I, it'll be Brian January. Isn't she coaching somewhere else? She is. So I, yeah, so I mean that does like she's in the coaching realm, so it would make some sense, I guess. And, and she's come back to like practices and things, and right, you know. right, yeah. I don't. Let's see if Metcalf. I'm on Metcalf's Twitter. No, it doesn't look like he said anything about who the next coach is going to be. So, yeah, I think obviously open it up for a for a search, but that yeah, I mean that makes some sense for sure. Um, but it's you know. It's a good job, and yeah, yeah, she did well here. I mean, she—they were consistently pretty good. Um, some peaks and valleys, but but the valleys were never really bad or really and, or and really long either. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, made them into a good program in many years when the men's program was lost in the wilderness. Um, and, you know, and and so yeah, good for her, and you know. Uh, I I don't know what her next stop will be if she even has one. Maybe we'll never hear from her again in the in the public realm. But you know, uh, good on her for the twenty five years, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she will be synonymous with the program. Yeah, for sure, know. for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think uh, you know. I'm sure a uh, ASU Hall of Fame induction or Hall of Distinction, I think, is what they call it for coaches. Um, you know, seems seems more than appropriate in the future. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, now let's pivot to the bad news. Yeah, the I was going to say, I, yeah, yeah, you were about there. So, um, Major League Baseball will be missing the first week of games. The lockout continues, and um, the owners don't seem to care. And and you know, I've uh, I I will start this by saying. I guess not start since I said the owners don't care. Uh, <laughs> I will cover all of my statements and the fact that I am more pro union on this dispute than I think I've ever been about the labor disputes. Yeah, but yeah. a defensive lockout followed by six weeks of no offers. Right. Right. Fo- followed by an arbitrary deadline. Then a a public campaign to talk about how close they were when the players were saying they weren't close. Right. I agree. Uh, All in an effort to blame the players. And then, you know, I don't know how much of this is real and how much of this is speculation. But, you know, Jason Hayward posted a long thing about how most league TV deals, you don't have to start paying back the networks if until you've missed more than 25 games. And that in the cold months is when most teams lose money on tickets and everything. And that yeah. he he believes that that has been the owner's intent this whole time was to, to lose the first month. Uh, and that, it makes some sense. You get, yeah, I mean, in, in half the markets at least, you got, you know, non-indoor stadiums that it's... Yeah, you Chicago, know, you get, you get, both Chicago's, Detroit, yeah, Minnesota. Detroit, New York, Boston, Colorado... Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, there's a ton that, that, you know, you get rain outs, you get snow outs at times this time of year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
conspiracy theory, but it may be true. You know, conspiracy mm-hmm. theories are based on well, real thoughts a lot of times. So, you know, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't read that particular tweet, but it doesn't surprise me if that's true. And and it just seems, you know, look, I I don't know how how much people hated Bud Selig because I had. Brewer Milwaukee fandom goggles that like my favorite team exists because of him. So, but if people felt about Selig the way I feel about Rob Manfred, I am sorry (laughs) for the. Well, I think they did at times. Now he he sort of rehabbed his image at the end. It felt like he sort Mm -hmm. of sort of had a Goodell like arc that like Mm -hmm. you know his his popularity was in the toilet, and then just by staying around. And avoiding continuing the the faux pas was like, well, this guy's not so bad. Yeah. He's all right, and and that's kind of what Roger Goodell is in now. Like ten years ago, like, oh my god, this guy sucks. But now it's like, eh, okay, I can live with him. Um, you know, because and, I and feel it, like Manfred is in the like, you know, the piece of metal, right? The you know, smiling at what should be a solemn announcement. Yeah, yucking yeah. it up, not. Straight up not answering the question of, you know, if this was a defensive lockout meant to spur negotiations, which were his words announcing the lockout. Right. Then why did you not make an offer? Like, you're the one who initiated the stoppage. Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, that's the thing is like, so we hear all these, oh, they did this 16 hour bargaining on the 28th. And it's like, where's this? I mean, and I get it. I know every deadlines time, urgency. for urgency. I, sure, I, yeah, sure. but you know what? 100%. We're all we're also all grown ups. Like you could have, yeah. uh, you know, we could have worked through a lot of the things. You know, like the story that came out about the Universal DH and like both of them wanted it last year, but the owners right. refused to do it because they thought it was a bargaining chip. And it's like, well, you're you're a child. You're a collection <laughs> of children. If you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, you wasted a lot of time, and and yes, I like I said, I get human nature is you know you're in a negotiation. Well, I'll just stare you down, you stare me down, see which one blinks first. I I get that, and, and I don't expect them to do 16 hour bargaining in December. I mean, I'm not unrealistic about it, but but yeah, I mean to to just kind of let it sit. Well, to not make any offer, like you can exchange right. offers. Right, right, yeah, yeah, and then and you know you're right. They absolutely, and I to an extent I think it worked for PR. They they got the narrative out there that oh we've we've made progress. We're going to extend this deadline the next day, and then you say the players they their tone shifted and we're going to make them our best offer. And like that's the message that got out there initially mm-hmm. uh, is is you know well I thought we were close and now you've rebuffed our offer and it, like you know so. I mean, the PR battle in this, I don't think either side comes out looking good no. to the general public because, you know, I heard Jeff Passan was on PTI yesterday and, and he said, you know, he said the, the players really feel like they have a point. And he said it knowing how it sounded. He said, you know, even though, you know, the average salary last year was $4.17 million. <laughs> like that, mm. You know, the general public hears that and thinks, Stop, man. Just you're, you're playing baseball now. Do they have a point? Yeah, they do. You know, salaries have gone down. Um, Revenue and, and, and team of, values have gone up. Have gone up, and and you know, and teams aren't spending. 
Uh, I mean, only one team was really well over the tax last year, and that was the Dodgers. The Padres were barely over. Um, and, and so they do have points, but those are points that hit home with you because mm-hmm. you follow this stuff close. They hit home with the baseball media because they follow it close. But to the average Joe fan, they don't. You know, I mean, the, the, the average fan, first of all, probably a lot of fans think this is a strike because that's what that's what a lot of people. I mean, I remember the NFL lockout, how, how often I heard it reported as a strike. Like, it's not a strike. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. But that's the perception is, you know, well, the players want more money. Greedy SOBs. And like, I mean, are they greedy? Yeah, I'm sure they are. But so are the owners. Well, and, and, and everyone wants more money. Yeah. And only yeah. the best among us take vows of poverty to help their fellow man right exactly and and you know i think there's always this misconception out there with sports that like well you know if the players didn't get paid these exorbitant sums then that money would flow down to the ticket takers and the parking lot attendants and they'd be able and i'm like no it just goes into the rich people's pockets who own the teams if the players don't make the money then the ricketts and ken kendrick and Whoever else, the Steinbrenners, they just have more money in their pockets. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's not like, you know, well, if the players would just take less money or be happy with the money they have, then, you know, Joe Schmo, who works in concessions, would be making more money. No, it doesn't yeah. work that way. The hot dog guy's not making six figures, no matter right. how much or right. little Max Scherzer makes. Exactly. Exactly. You know, now, so, so I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to, not change the subject by any means, but I'll, you know, I want to ask you a question. That's a legit question to see if I, if you, if you know an answer, because I don't know. Um, I was thinking about, you know, the status of baseball and all that. And I was thinking about kind of, you know, like the general, it seems like apathy toward this by many. And I thought, you know, well, what, what gets people interested in baseball now on a regular basis? And I thought, well, who are the big stars? And then I thought, is there a single active baseball player who's in a national advertising campaign right now? I don't know that there is, but tell me if I'm missing somebody. Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Now, there's one former baseball player who I see on TV all the time, Frank Thomas, mm-hmm. pitching Nugenics as testosterone booster, which is telling in and of itself that that's the, that's the market for, for you know, baseball and what they're advertising it's like ed drugs during golf Mm -hmm. um you know but like that's telling and and you know i read i read the baseball writers the people who cover baseball they talk about well you know juan soto and shohei otani and like yeah they're great players but they're not household names and that is i mean baseball's fallen well behind basketball and football in that regard wouldn't i mean would you agree like yeah. The like your mom and my mom could probably pick out ten current basketball players or ten current football players, but I'm not sure they could pick out two baseball players. Yeah. And that you know, so that gives you now it's chicken and egg. I don't know what caused it. I'm not sure which came first, but it it puts it in perspective to me. Like, how many people? I mean, I know you are because you love baseball. And I'm not happy about it either. But how many people right now are really like, oh, no, there's no big, like, you know, they'll watch the combine or they'll watch the basketball tournament. And like, you know, I'm not sure that many people are that worked up about it. Well, so here's, I think that's a good point, because here's the question 
that I've been sort of rolling over. I don't know what I can do with my fandom to express the displeasure with the owners, but enjoy the game. Because if I buy a ticket, yeah. that goes to the owner. If I buy a shirt, that right. goes to the owner. If I buy a hat, that yeah. goes to the owner. <laughs> you know, if I, right. I canceled no, my right. MLB radio subscription for 20 bucks a season, but that, yeah. like, you know, no yeah, one cares. I mean, there's not much you can do. That's the thing. You're, you're a bit, we're all a bit powerless. Until the TV money starts to work backwards or dry up, mm-hmm. you know, the sport is in fine shape. You know, I've, I've heard that, you know, the things that always get, oh, baseball's dying. No, baseball's not dying. I mean, they, they, they raked in a lot of money last no, year. No, they're, they're killing baseball's future. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, baseball is is slowly, and this is why I make this point, baseball's slowly getting closer and closer to hockey. Yeah. It's a niche sport. It, well, and it's a... I, it's funny you said that. So I was just, I just finished Chuck Klosterman's new book, the nineties about the nineties. And he's got a whole chapter about baseball, you know, the strike and the steroid and the home run chase and how like baseball's primacy as the national pastime, you know, probably ended in the sixties. Sure. Baseball's, you know, place in, in the nation's mental picture Remained until 94. Yeah. You and know, even after a bit, I mean, the 98 home run chase was, it brought it was back. massive. You know, it brought I, it back. But it's, I, but I guess the point is, you know, to your question about apathy. Yeah. Baseball is turning into ASU sports in Phoenix. Like, it's not that people <laughs> are bummed. They just don't yeah, care. They're just not paying attention. I mean, and, and I, so I thought about this too, and, you know, kind of, by the same token or, or related to are there big stars you got to follow? Well, remember, I mean, you know, I remember when, when we were kids and you know, the stuff you cared about during the baseball season was oftentimes the, the statistical milestones, mm-hmm. the single season records, the all time records that, you know, could somebody hit 400? Uh, could somebody get to 62 home runs? Would, would anybody ever get to 755? Um, you know, would somebody that year get to 3,000 hits or 500 home runs? Most of that has been tarnished or impossible. I mean, like, no pitcher gets to 300 wins anymore. No. Um, very rarely does a pitcher get to 20 in a single season anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, one of the things that baseball, more than more than any sport, was very statistically oriented. You know, like, the, the milestones and much more, like... How many people can tell you the NBA record for most points? People know Kareem has it, but they couldn't tell you the number. No. But I, you could say it off the top of your head that Hank Aaron had 755 home runs. Mm-hmm. You knew it. How many but did Bonds hit? I was going to say, I don't. I mean, I know that Bonds had 762, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that's a well-known number. I bet you more fans can tell you that Ruth hit 714 yeah. than Bonds 762. So it's it's... You know, like you've you've watched these records either be shattered, broken, and then tarnished. Admittedly, I mean, and I'm not an anti-steroid guy. You know that. Yeah. We discussed that, but but it changes but the you, whole conversation in a way right. that you know you can't deny it's it's tarnished the records. I mean, 73 home runs doesn't feel like a hollowed number like 61. Um, 762, you know, they're, they're tarnished. So many 500 homer guys have been disgraced and kicked aside that that number doesn't even matter anymore. Um, and, and so it's like, 
you just you look and then pitching which we've talked about you know separately like i mean you know guys don't stay in the game long they don't start as much that you got teams using openers you got teams playing bullpen games like six man rotation yeah yeah you know i mean so so it's just you lose that that was a driving force i mean i you know again i remember as a kid like could tony Gwynn hit 400 could Matt Williams get to 62 home runs? Those were things you cared about going into the season. Now, I mean, 400, God, you're, you're lucky if you have guys hit 330. Mm-hmm. The 400 is long gone. 56-game hitting streak. Nobody's going to get close to that. But, you know, it just feels like that's farther away than ever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those, those numbers either seem impossible or they've been gotten to and now we don't really care. You know, same token, like, the Red Sox finally won. The Cubs finally won. So those stories of like long-suffering big city franchises, will they do it? Well, they did. Yeah. The Red Sox have done it four times since then. You know, yeah. so the you, Indians you just, aren't called the Indians, so they're because they're, the, not, they're right. the team with the longest drought now. They're the longest streak. Yeah, you know, I mean, like there's teams. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, there's teams that your team matters. I mean, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's becoming. That's why I say it's becoming like hockey, because if you're a big Detroit Red Wings fan, you live and breathe hockey and you, you know, and so like you, you're a big Brewers fan. You love baseball, you know, and, and baseball's doing fine in that regard. But to get to the casual fan, the kid, you know, the kids who are, who were growing up and like, there's just not a lot there. Like there was when we were kids, I felt like, you know, I mean, I got into baseball because of that, because of the, the Braves. And that rotation, and and you know, could they have four twenty game winners and stuff like that? That mattered. And it just doesn't feel like it matters anymore. Yeah. Oh, agreed entirely. I, you know, the the thing that is, I mean, like I've got tickets to four games this year already, yeah. and yeah. I was gonna make my Grapefruit League debut before the strike. It's right. I need the strike right. to end and games to immediately start by uh, <laughs> like March eighteenth. Yeah, and then I'll get yeah, to see yeah. a grapefruit league game. Yeah, but yeah. I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Yeah, I mean it's not out, but it's not it's not officially off the table yet. Yeah. But it's getting close. Yeah, but I'm, you know, I, I, it occurred to me that like I'm not going to quit baseball. I can't. I love no, it. I'm not going to quit. Not but you know what? I'm 36. I'm not the no. guy who they need anymore. No, you know, not, that's it. That's exactly it. Yes. That they're not worried about you because you're not going to quit baseball. They're not really even worried about me because I'm not as big a baseball fan as you, but I, I like it. And, and I've said this through this whole thing. I don't know if I've said it to you, but like, I'm not going to be the guy. Oh, I'm done with baseball. No, I'm not. Like when, when they come back and the, and the diamondbacks are playing the Cubs, I'll probably go to the game. And when and when the you know there's Sunday night baseball on in June and there's nothing else on, I'll probably flip it on um, because that's who I am. My identity is made, and so is yours. But yeah, you're right. I mean, people like us, they they don't want us to leave, but they're not concerned about us, mm-hmm. or they, they you know they they should be concerned with the with the 15 year old, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure they are. Doesn't feel like they are, even though Rob Manfred says our the con- fans are our utmost concern. Like I don't think they are. Only because the fans provide the money. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I mean, I I'm with you. Like I, you know, when the season restarts, I will watch. I will pay attention. Um, but but there is a lack of 
you know, drive to like really watch night in and night out. And that's been the case for a while. This isn't new because of the work stoppage. It's been that case for a while. Like, you know, I mean, I'm immensely glad the Cubs won the World Series. But since then, like, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fan without a, you know, without a, a, a driving force. Like, that was always the thing. Like, you know, I, you know, I want to see the Cubs win a World Series. I did. And so, like, what keeps me interested year in and year out? Night in and night out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the Cubs stink now, too. So that doesn't help. Like, you know, the, the Cubs are part of the problem. Yeah. They, they yeah. don't want to spend the money, so they let all these guys go. And, like, you know, you took a potential dynasty, and now it's, you know, you're going to probably be lucky to win, you know, 50 games if the season's a full, you know, mm-hmm. or a slightly shortened season. Yeah. Well, and, you know, their partners don't care. ESPN, you know, Baseball no. Tonight is an afterthought. They yeah. throw, They put games on, but like you said, it more just feels like, filler it's just as likely to be sumo wrestling or world's strongest man uh, you know it's it's manna from heaven to the to the local sports affiliates the you know the valley sports or the whatever Mm -hmm. they're called in different areas you know because because they don't have anything else to put on and so you get you know 150 games on your of your team and then you can show replays the next day or in the middle of the night you know that's why those deals are what they are but yeah nationally i mean the national TV deal, if I'm not mistaken, ESPN is showing less games mm-hmm. in this new deal than they were before. And and so that is telling of like, you know, there's just there's not the demand for it. And that's why that's why MLB wants the expanded postseason, because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. They they want to expand they want more playoff games because that's the time where people tune in. Well, you know what you're then? You're hockey. Mm-hmm. That, that's what hockey is. Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch playoff hockey. Uh, do you do you know more than three players on any team? No, but I'm going to watch and I raise my hand. I do that. Mm-hmm. I don't pay attention that much to hockey during the season. Check the standings every now and again, but then when the playoffs starts, like yeah, sure, I'll watch. Yeah, I, I. It's just I think it's one of those things where, you know, like I love Jeff Passan because because yeah. he he feels like he says what I'm feeling. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it it occurs to me like that guy just doesn't really exist otherwise. You know, like no. you know, PTI. It's uh, it's a segment. It you know, yeah. but it's yeah. you know, it's not driving the narrative. And well, and and this is so. This is what made me think of it on Tuesday when the deal was kind of you know like it was hanging in the balance, and I thought, let's say, and I I mean. I know for you this is going to hit home different, but let's say today Aaron Rodgers had said, I'm coming back and I'm going to play for the Packers. So the, the least newsworthy of the alternatives for him is to, he's coming back, he's playing for the Packers, everything stays pretty much the same. And and MLB goes on lockout and cancels games. What's the lead story in sports that day? Rogers. Probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's your, because that's what makes me think of it with PTI. The first story is going to be Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Maybe the second story too. Then the third story would be MLB canceled games. And that's not even newsworthy. Really? I mean, it is, but... But the next games are... The the next games are seven months away. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, but... But, I mean, football is is king. Football eats everything up. It is is the the Goliath of our sports industry right now, like, you know. um, But... But to be... Like, even comparing it to basketball, it feels like it's well behind basketball now. 
Yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, it's not even has the has the star power. It has people that that fans care about one way or the other. They may dislike mm-hmm. them, they may like them, but they're turning them on. Yeah. Yeah, it's baseball is is falling. It's yeah. It's slumbering. Just, it's slow. The but the but instead of trying to embrace that as a like, look, everything in the world is fast paced, instant. You know, on a deadline, this and that. Right. Baseball's not. Baseball operates no, on its own time. But instead, it's like you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna gimmick it up. Yeah. And it's like okay, like I did. You focus group to death the the bigger bases. Right. You know, like who <laughs> right, who right. cares. Who cares? I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer of how to fix this. You know, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, baseball has no stars. It's. I mean, it's always so easy. Like, you know, well, they need to market Mike Trout better. Well, I mean, okay, I'm sure there's some of that. And I'm sure Mike Trout probably could do some of that, too. He doesn't, you know, show a lot of mm-hmm. Mike Trout's kind of a Tim Duncan. Feels yeah. like he's not really that interested in that. But there's other stars. Like... How about Otani? You You mentioned Otani. Right. Well, I mean, imagine if somebody did what Otani did in, you know, 1997, 98. That guy would be one of the biggest stars in all of sports. Mm -hmm. That would be huge. Because, you know, it's hard to measure. This is an, you know, it's an inexact thing. But, like, when I go back to when we were kids, like, the biggest stars in sports, Ken Griffey was one of them. Um, McGuire, McGuire and Sosa in that summer of 98, Mm -hmm. nobody was bigger than them. McGuire and Sosa, uh, you know, Nolan Ryan, Greg Maddox. Yeah, yeah, Roger Clemens. I mean, you know, like Bonds was never a huge megastar fan, you know, loved by fans, but he was a huge name. Mm-hmm. You knew who Barry Bonds was. Um, and, and those guys were right there. I mean, Jordan was was a megastar. I mean, you know, is, but, the last like guy, the rest, is the last guy Big Poppy? Maybe, or Jeter. Yeah, I mean, I you guess know, they're, they're contemporary yeah, you yeah. know, Jeter was a guy who, like, he was a megastar. And and that's the other thing I think about, like, so what, what basketball has, too, is their past guys, the Jordans, the Shaqs, the Barclays, they're still big stars. They haven't played in years. They're still megastars. And in baseball, in part because of the steroid stuff, I guess, more more so than anything, we've kind of, like, exiled these guys. Uh, you know, yeah. McGuire and Sosa and Bonds, they're in Clemens. I mean, they're like persona non grata in baseball, basically. Yeah. I mean, it's base. I, I hate to say this, but it's basically just guys who played for the Mariners. It's Ichiro and Griffey. Yeah. And it's like, that's. And, and Griffey's not. Griffey's kind of faded. I mean, I think that's his choice. Yeah. But like, Griffey doesn't have the appeal of, say, a Shaq oh, who's no. on, you know, every other commercial and, and does voiceovers and, you know, like. Not at all. You don't really hear much from Griffey. He kind of just does his own thing every now and again. He shows up, you know, taking pictures somewhere or something because he's a photographer or whatever. But, like, you know, you don't hear a lot from him. And, yeah, you know, and Ichiro is a big star. But, but he's. I mean, let's just be 100% honest. He's limited in how big a star he's going to be in the U.S. because he doesn't speak English. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to see him in commercial campaigns. Uh, and that's, that's another thing with Otani. You know, like, he doesn't speak English or at least he doesn't speak English very well, so he's not going to be shilling Subway. You know, like, he might in Japan. I'm sure he's a huge megastar in Japan, but in the U.S., his his marketing ability is limited a bit. Yeah, but, you know, but where's your Tatises? 
Yeah. Your Juan Sotos. Juan Sotos. I mean, you hear about these guys. Oh, they're great young players and they're charismatic. And it's like, well, but You're, nobody seems to care well, outside or, of baseball. Or how about, like, let's let's be clear. Griffey was a star in all facets yes. at all times. But one of the iconic things about his stardom was the home run derby. What about Vlad Guerrero yeah. Jr.? Where's, yeah, where, you know. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah. Personality, you know, kind of a gregarious guy, you mm-hmm. know, but. But it's like, and again, I don't, I don't know. This is why I say it's chicken and egg. Is is baseball to blame for not making these guys stars, or has you know Madison Avenue, for lack of a better way to say it, realized that people don't care that much about baseball, so they're not going to make them stars? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I do think I want to bring this back a little bit. I, I I do think that what we saw in 2020 should have been more of a canary in a coal mine moment. Yeah. You know, when it was like, hey, let's negotiate it. Well, no, and let's negotiate a deal. Uh, We'll do at least this, but let's see if we can work out the terms for something bigger. Yeah. But the owners never wanted something bigger. They wanted that 60-game season, and they got it. Right, right. And I kind of think that we should have seen that as a harbinger of what was to come for the players and this this situation because they're, you know, the owners, look, we're we're talking about numbers that are real to normal people, but they're not sure. real to billionaires, let alone a collection of billionaires. <laughs> right. You know. Right. Right. But we no, just, I, I agree. But we just are sort of stuck. Like this is just yeah. how it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, and I, you know, I think some people did see that. In 2020, I mean, I remember reading that stuff like, oh, boy, this does not does not bode well for the CBA negotiations in a couple of years. And, you know, and then I remember reading last year like, well, these two sides, you know, they know there's too much to lose to actually miss games. And and, they're really not that far apart. They'll get it figured out. And, you know, and I believe that I did because I thought, yeah, you know, you make good points, you know, and and now I I mean, I don't know where it where it falls. You know, I, I. I, I still have a hard time believing at this point in time that, you know, the season is completely in jeopardy. No. But when does it get figured out? When do we restart? I don't know. I mean, if, if that Jason Hayward tweet is is accurate, then you're looking at around the end of April, early May. Yeah. What you're as looking a, at is spring training sense. starting April 1st. Yeah. Missing about a month. Mm-hmm. Which, in the grand scheme of things, you know, stinks but at the same time like you'd still have a pretty whole season you'd have a you know a reasonable sample um but of course then you get into okay are the players going to get paid for 162 i'm sure the owners aren't going to want to do that the owners already said they're gonna yeah dollar for dollar reduction yeah yeah so i mean and that's that could cause even more friction because you know then you get the well we're not going to agree to expanded playoffs i you know i heard that that you know bargaining chip if you want to call it that um which i assume that would be just for this year that they would not agree to it for this year and then it would go in starting next year yeah i mean i i really don't know. i guess i don't know either yeah yeah i mean now i, I heard a very interesting take and you you might have heard this maybe you heard it before on why the players are against going to 14 because i did sort of wonder like well geez don't you make more money from the playoffs but I think it was passing on ESPN said they're they're hesitant because if you go to 14, the big market teams could think, 
well, hey, we get in the playoffs with a 500 record or thereabouts. Do we really need to be aggressive in spending? We'll take our chances in a you know best of three, best of five situation that we can turn it on when it matters. And we're not going to go over and above to spend to try to win 95 games because we don't we need to win 95 games. Yeah. That was very interesting. Didn't ever think of it, but it makes some sense. No, I wouldn't have thought of that either. But that's yeah. I you know I, I saw Jack Peterson's take, which was why would we play so many games to then have everyone just make the playoffs? Which is a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the more teams and and if it was Pat, I'm pretty sure it was passing. And he made a good you know like baseball is a very random postseason. You know, the, the best team does not always win a, a certainly a three game series. I mean, no, how many? I mean, ask the Dodgers. Times, <laughs> yeah, how many times during the season does a division leader? lose two out of three to a team that's fourth or fifth. It happens all the time because it's, it's a, you know, you get a, you get a rough night offensively. You get a really good pitching performance from the other team. You have a couple errors and all of a sudden you've lost two or three. No big deal in July, but in October it could be a really big deal. Um, and so there, you know, I like, it's not the NBA where you're like, okay, you put more teams in. Well, the best teams are still going to emerge. Yeah. You have this play in thing and that, you know, it gets some people interested and it worked well at, but, you know, the number one seed is probably still going to beat the winner of the 8-9, and the number two seed is probably still going to beat the seven and because they're the better team. And over a seven-game series, that's going to show. But in baseball, you don't you don't know that. Even in a seven-game series, I don't think the best team always wins. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just the team with the best pitcher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get a couple of good pitchers, and, you know, and <laughs> I mean. It is just like hockey. Where you just it get a hot is. goalie and it kind of is, yes, yes. And then the like, LA you know, Kings are national, you know, are the Stanley Cup champs. Stanley Cup champs as the eight seed, yeah. And then that's you know that's an extreme scenario, but it happens, mm-hmm. and it's happened in baseball. I mean, what was it? Uh, the Cardinals that one year won eighty two games, won the World Series, uh, you know, or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, you put more average teams in. And you get hot, you win a best of three, and then, you, you know, like, yeah, all of a sudden you're in the LCS. It's like, well, we didn't need to spend big to win that 98 games because the team with 82 wins is right here with us. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I'm, I'm sure that's a good cause for you to take whatever antidepressant steps you take, whether it be <laughs> medicinal or food or, you know, just crying into a pillow, which is how I'm going to spend the rest of tonight after that. <laughs> hey, it'll, you know, that's the thing with sports. They're going to play again. There's exactly. too much money not to play. I, I will say, but yeah. before I finish my wrap-up, I will say, yes, the team Twitters and Instagram bios post on, you know, here's what's happening in minor league camp. Look how great right. these guys are. It's like, oh my God, you really, you're going to try to sell me on this? Like, uh, you I know. know. I know. Like well, I, the, yeah. you know, today I get an email from the Diamondbacks about single game tickets go on sale on the eighth. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, have some awareness, man. You just canceled games. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know you got a job to do to try to sell tickets, but once you start canceling games, I think it might be prudent to just like not send that email. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you yeah. just you just look foolish. Well, I mean, the Brewers this year brought back their Arctic tailgate. It was where you could get single-game opening day tickets, but you had to, like, physically be there, including, like, some people who stayed overnight. Right, I heard that, yeah. I saw some about that. You know, great. Opening day is canceled. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, so what happens to those and people? It's yeah. like, well, we're not going to make up the games, but we'll give you tickets to the next one. Well, what if I bought a ticket for April 7th because I wanted to go see that game? Right. You know? Right, yeah. And have they said, I mean, they probably haven't said because I, right now, but like if the season gets cut into by a month, are they just going to pick up the schedule where it, where it was? Or are they going to try to like readjust the schedule so it's more balanced? They haven't said yet. I, mean, I suppose they haven't because right now it's only – but as of right now, they're just taking those six games out. That's that's the plan, right? Just picking yeah. up without those games. So Yeah, we're basically suppose, dumping out of the first week. Yeah, and I suppose six games in the grand scheme of things isn't much. But if you take a month, I mean, you know, like it, it, it only stands to reason that some team is going to miss, you know. So if, I, I don't – I have no idea I'm just going to make up teams. But, you know, that the, the Red Sox would have been playing Tampa, you know, six times – so then they don't. They only play them twelve after that, and like well, that, you know, that makes their schedule easier theoretically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whereas or the, the reverse, play you know, Tampa at all, and, and you know, so then they still have to play them eighteen times or whatever it is. Yeah, or the White Sox miss out on you know six games at home against Detroit. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I, you know, I guess we're we're talking about you know trying to maintain the integrity of the season when it seems like they don't care about the integrity of the season so i i doubt this is even something that's coming up but you know like that's one thing for me is like well you you build this schedule so it's somewhat balanced same amount of division games and all that when you take a month off of it that balance is going to be messed up yeah. but maybe they don't care i'm guessing they don't it certainly seems that way yeah yeah so yeah it's not it's not good times for for Major League Baseball and the and the baseball fans among us, um, of which I know you are one. And uh, yeah, I'll, you know, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for for you, and hopefully you'll get to see your spring training game. And you know, I know there's uh, you know I, I know a couple other people who have tickets to April, you know, late April baseball games, and it's like, well, I hope it works out for you. I don't feel great about it, but I hope so. Yeah. Well, until next time. He's Matt. I'm Ben. Maybe it'll be more uplifting, but this is the Ben and Matt Sportscast. (laughs)